Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Doing that, I was face to face with it. It was holding me by my throat. And it felt like it was sucking something out of me. I probably should have been more scared than I was when I witnessed the exorcism. I turned and looked on my right side. When I did, there's there's a beam on the side of the tree, a large beam. It's looking at me and I'm looking at it. After I hit the lock button and looked back up, I saw red eyes staring back at me. That they're going to show multiple gods all over the earth, be able to speak in people's languages, and at that point, it kind of converge into this one entity, which will be revealed as extraterrestrial. You'll realize that aliens are the gods of old, and at that point, it'll wipe religion out of the context of humanity. No, it couldn't have been a person, I know that. I know that people can't run through the woods like that. So this thing comes into view, and I see it. It's 50 yards away from me. It's walking. It's walking on two legs. It's huge. This is a big, hairy-looking being. Welcome back to the show, my friends. I am your host, Eric Salagi. If you've had an uncomfortable experience and you'd like to have it featured on the show, please get a hold of me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com. The world wants to hear your experiences, so get a hold of me and let's tell yours on a future episode of Uncomfortable. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, both at Uncomfortable Podcast 65, and please remember to leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you can. That's the main way that you, the listener, can help get this show out in front of more people. And with more people listening, that means more people coming forward with their experiences. Head over to Uncomfortable Podcast on YouTube and check out the show in its video form. And while you're there, hit subscribe and the notification bell. That way you will always be made aware every time I upload a video version of this podcast. If you're interested in helping support the show, head over to patreon.com slash uncomfortablepodcast770 and check out the three levels we have there. Or if a standalone contribution is more your liking, you can do that as well through Red Circle's sponsor this podcast. The links for those and our Discord server will be in the show notes below. September 14th, ladies and gentlemen, 2024 is the date for Bigfoot and Brews and Spirits 2. Again, being held at Sister Lakes Brewing Company in Dwajak, Michigan. This year's lead speaker, Ohio's Amy Boo from episode 102. She's part of the Olympic Project out in Washington, as well as leading her own project called ZooBook. Also, I'm pleased to announce that we have secured Mr. Scott Tompkins of the Bigfoot Mapping Project. He is a featured in episodes 57 and most recently in episode 127. 
Also on the slate is naturalist John Hickenbottom from Ohio Salt Fort State Park. John was featured in episode 37 where we dug into the fact that he is responsible for a video series on the Ohio State DNR website on the topic of Bigfoot. On the paranormal side, our special guest speaker will be listener favorite, the Archbishop Christina Rake. Very recently, I've heard from Bodine, the Bigfoot's handler. He's made it known that Bodine has already been cited after a shortened winter hibernation and was excited to hear about coming back to the state of Michigan in late summer. So let's see if we can make that happen. As well, as as we add to the event and flesh out the weekend's itinerary, I will make you aware there will be a VIP dinner the night before the same venue and more information on that will be forthcoming. So stay tuned for more info. Official page tickets will be available in early March. If you're anything like me and you find yourself spending endless amounts of time scrolling through paranormal and high strangeness based Instagram accounts, you will have undoubtedly come across tonight's guest and his efforts. He is one of the few that does not interject ridiculous theories, fabricated storylines, or sensationalized pictures or videos with red circles in the middle of a bush. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are headed down the rabbit hole. So, if you're ready, let's get into it. Please give a warm, uncomfortable welcome to the Duke of Darkness and all things paranormal, David, from Instagram's Down the Rabbit Hole. David, welcome to Uncomfortable. Hey, Eric. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you making the time to do this. Long story short, this this kind of started out uh, uh, a few months back. We got introduced by a, a common friend, uh, JJ Rose 777 and uh apparently she was putting a bug in your ear and a, a bug in my ear at the same time yeah. um yep. you know the the problem <laughs> the problem with me probably i'm gonna blame this on having too many sources for people to get a hold of me uh but <laughs> the problem the problem for for me is uh you know keeping track of contacts because you've got Facebook Messenger, you've got Instagram, right, you've got right, Twitter, yeah. you've got all these emails, you've got, I've got two different emails. And it's like, you know, I, I realized that we, we made the connection, we introduced each other, it, we sounded excited about doing this. And then for the life of me, I could not find our conversation anywhere. And it, it just escaped me. And she had to kind of knock me on the head and say, hey, have you have you talked to David lately? And that <laughs> ring the bell, and you know, I I apologize, but oh, I, I would, not at all. I would imagine you probably run into the same thing. Uh, you, Absolutely, you've got a very popular page, and not only that, but you are you are dipping your feet in the podcast world as well. Tell us about that. Yes, sir. Uh, well, my page is of course down the rabbit hole um, on Instagram, Facebook, X uh threads 
uh, TikTok, uh, soon uh, YouTube coming soon. We have a uh, uh, fortunately at this point we're we're just around the corner from eighty thousand followers. So it's been wow. yeah, it's been really uh, a joy to to see it grow the way it has, and it's all coming from a, a, a like a passion for the paranormal I've had since I was very very young. And because of this, I was able to, I'm able to meet a lot of people who are interested in this stuff. And, and one of them just turns out to be a, 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 someone I met last year. We became really good friends. Her name's Amanda Goodwin, and she's the host of uh, One Nothing Podcast. That's W-O-N, Nothing Podcast. And that is a true crime, animal attack, and bizarre death podcast. So it's pretty, it's oh, pretty it can get pretty dark. Yes. And so we've had... Uh, we're up to 26 episodes now. We do it uh, twice a month on Tuesday. We drop, and we've uh, every 10 episodes we do like a survivor episode where we actually interview a survivor. The oh. first one was Jeremy Evans, who survived the bear attack in Canada. Interesting. And yeah, this man should not have lived. <laughs> he was what he went through. I mean, he went through the whole account. He was attacked three times by the same bear. And had to go down a mountain to where his vehicle was, drive himself to this to you know to the hot. I mean, this man was he's nothing short of incredible how he survived yeah. this. Okay, and our second one uh, is is Kristen. She was uh, attacked by a hippo, and that was episode twenty. Jesus, uh, she's a great photography man. Let me tell you, she's really a, a fantastic photographer. She fought, she does a, a wildlife, and she did not have any PTSD after this attack. She's a wonderful human being. She I don't know how she she laughed through her attack. This is a woman who had to tell people how to save her, right? Because they didn't oh, my know. Word. Yeah, and she's bleeding. She could have easily have bled out from her leg, but she's telling them this is what you need to do. And she's smiling and making jokes the whole time. They fly her to a hospital. They misdiagnose her injuries and then she had to fly to another hospital smiling and having a great time the whole time you know it's been five years now since she had yeah. that attack and uh the woman is just oh my god wonder woman in my opinion wow good well, one nothing it's a it's a great podcast we do have a patreon right now it's a patreon.com slash one nothing podcast definitely check that out it's a great time we we have a Great time talking about these cases. We we laugh, you know. Sometimes we cry, but you know, <laughs> it's a it's a real good time. Amanda's fantastic. We have a Rachel also. She's a co-host as well, and it is. I have to admit, I did not think I had the chops to do what you do, sir. What you do so well. Well, thank you. I, I, I have to say, your voice is. Ah, it's butter, man. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could just, mm, that's good stuff right there. You know? I appreciate that. I, I, one of these days I'm going to have to share some of the very uncomfortable uh, <laughs> things that people have said about my voice. Really? Um, yes. Oh uh, man, I don't uh, buy that like, for a second. I mean, one uh, one gentleman uh, referred to me as golden throat. Um, <laughs> I think that's a compliment. <laughs> I, I'm sure it is. 
I'm sure it is, but, uh, you know, it, I can't believe I even said that out loud on the show. Because, uh, you know, it's just, and, and you, you mentioned the word butter. Somebody else had something, said oh, something about hmm. butter. And, uh, you know, I, I was blessed with this voice. I think by the time I was 15, um, I can remember. Really? Yeah. I can remember there was a girl in, in high school that I, I really wanted to go out with and I'd called the house a couple of times and had conversations with her. And when I finally got around to asking her out, I didn't even have my car, my car license yet. Um, this was back <laughs> in the day when parents would still take their kid to pick up their date and then drop them off at the, at the theater. Yeah. And, Guilty. uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I, uh, I asked her out and she said, yeah, sure. Um, but she said, you're going to have to come in the house to mm. get me. And I was like, yes. okay, well, I, I mean, back in those days, I mean, that was pretty normal, right? Um, right. It wasn't like you just blew the horn and they come running out. Uh, <laughs> well, come to find out it was so that her mom could meet me because her mom had answered the phone several times when I called and did not believe for a minute that I was a hair under 30 years old because of my voice. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's worked to my advantage, uh, but early on it, it worked to my disadvantage and coming from somebody who would, would make a phone call before my voice changed and have people refer to me as yes, ma'am. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm significantly more happy uh, that it's, it's this. So yeah, much better than that. That's for sure. Absolutely. So experiences at an early age and, and that's Mm -hmm. what kind of puts you on the, the road to hosting this before we get into that. I mean, give, give everybody a really good descriptor of what your Instagram page is because yeah, like I said, in the, in the intro, you, you don't throw in a bunch of unnecessary crap, making stuff up, writing your own, uh, writing your own story to go with these things. It it just, so many people do that and it's so disingenuous and it's, it's only for clicks and likes and, you know, but uh, I've been impressed with your, I was even looking at your, your page on Instagram prior to being introduced to you. So when, when she said the name down the rabbit hole, I was like, oh, no no way, not this guy. And she's like, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So tell everybody Uh, about it. Well, it's, uh, it's a page I created after, um, really having a desire, a, a passion for, uh, paranormal, all things paranormal. And I was tired of watching these shows because I, I used to watch a, a ton of shows one of them one of my favorites was the uh caught on camera paranormal caught on camera yeah and i loved it i would watch there would be one video that was wow this this one's something else and the very next video was like what the heck am i watching right now <laughs> this doesn't this is obviously a fake or whatever you know or you would see lights in the sky and they were talking about it for 13 minutes. And it's the same lights they show over like 30 times. Why are you showing it over and over again? So it, nothing against the show. I love the show. I still watch it today. But I wanted something that I would want to watch. Videos that I would want to watch back to back. So that's where this was born. I, I, I decided I'm going to find stuff that I want to see that I would actually pay attention to that would not... 
uh, like, you know, I, I used to want to write when I was younger and there was this, uh, this uh, editor who would tell me, you know, whenever I read something that I want to see if it's good, I'll, I'll put a Snickers bar on my desk, right? I'll grab that paper and I'll start reading. And if the Snickers bar looks more interesting to me than what I'm reading, <laughs> I, I want to put in there, right? So I kind of had that kind of thing. I wanted to, to find the, only the best, only the things that I wanted to watch. Now, a year had gone by and I was doing this, doing a great job. I felt like, yeah, this is great. But things slipped through the cracks. There are things out there that I cannot prove. That I'm not an expert. I can't really tell what's real and what's not right away, right? Right. Um, so there's a lot that gets through the cracks. Uh, I even posted one that was a, a joke. Boy, people were upset because you can actually, there are these things in the kitchen, you know, the, the, the sprayer that's standing up mm -hmm. and these, so you can see everything is moving kind of crazy, but if you watch the window, you can see there's someone in the background actually making it move. Pulling on strings. So obvious it's a fake. And I remember posting that as a joke and boy, people were losing their minds. So yeah, I get it. I get it. But there is so much out there that is done so well these days that you really need an expert. You really need someone from the video community, the scientific right. community in order to, and I don't have that. I don't have any of that. So I do the best I can. I put out stuff that I think is great. And I admit some of it may not be real. I couldn't tell you what is and what isn't, but it, if it creeps me out, it's going on my page. And, and I think, and I think that's a, a, a genuine way to go about it. Um, you know, you, you strike me as a type of person who can be perfectly fine with finding out that you were wrong. Yeah. And, absolutely. and that is, that's a way that we all learn, you know, um, the, the issues I have with other, other channels, other people that are creating content in the, in the realm of what you do are the ones that will create a false narrative or they will create um, a, a, a story that's completely different than the original story of when that video first came out. Whether it was real or not, they're, they're changing things and just, you know, it, it's, it's maddening because, and I think maybe most people don't, aren't affected to, to the extent that I am by it, but I've been into this for 90% of my life, right? you know, and I've had, I've had right. experiences in a number of different paranormal things. Mm -hmm. Um, so when you, when you see somebody that's just there monopolizing on, on horseshit, um, that, that I don't like, and that's what strikes right. me about your page. And that's, that's what I noticed about your page prior to knowing anything about you was that, you were putting out the video and, and you were not adding anything to it. You were just like, Hey, check this out. This is weird. What do you think? Yeah. Um, and, and it's left up to the, the viewer mm -hmm. to decide. And, and that's very similar to the way I do my show. I, I ask the questions that sometimes walk people into a corner and if those people can walk back out of that corner convincingly, then my listeners can make the determination for themselves 
whether or not they think what they're saying is truthful or not. Um, You know, so, I mean, completely different, but very similar in the way that you're approaching what you're doing and the way that I'm doing what I'm doing. Uh, And I appreciate that and I respect that. So it is is definitely (laughs) one of the better channels that I have seen. I keep calling it a channel. Instagram really isn't a channel. That's a page, right? Um, yeah, it's it's a channel, it's a page, whatever you want to call it. I, I have to say though, I I really appreciate that. That means a lot to me. I really put the time and effort in this uh, it, it on shows. a daily basis. It shows on a daily basis. I'm I'm there working at it, looking for something that, uh, and I go through a lot of stuff. Like, there's a ton of stuff out there that is horse shit. I mean, yes. I don't know how else to say it. That's that's um, exactly the way you say it. I mean, it is horrible. There is some terrible stuff out there. But uh, I try to find something that moves me, something that gets the hair on the back of my neck. You know, even if it may not be real mm-hmm. and I can't tell you it is or not, if it creeps me out, I'm going to put it on there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, what you're saying, I've seen a lot of the, the pages that are playing to a narrative. And I, I, I know what you're talking about. There's a few out there and I won't say which ones, but right. it's disappointing to see something like that because, you know, if you go and you look at the follow list or you look at what they're doing, clearly it's working for them because they're, it they're, is. it is. And I'm jealous as hell. I'll be honest. Yeah. I'm jealous. Yeah. Oh, you're not the only one, <laughs> but I'm not, but I'm not willing to, uh, I'm not willing right. to, um, I, I'm not willing to do that. That that's, it's not yeah. worth it. It's, it's very disheartening to see it. It's very disheartening because they're, uh, you can see they're aiming for a certain segment out there that really will believe anything. You know what I mean? Uh, and and it's you can tell that they don't even believe what they're saying. So, yeah, that bothers me a lot. But all I can do is do what I like to do, what I appreciate. Uh, I do try to find like the scariest stuff I can find that, that I think might be real. I love it when I put something out there that's really hard to debunk. Mm-hmm. That you know, I, I don't know if you ever seen. Have you ever seen the pantry ghost? Yes, if it's the one I'm thinking of, yes. Okay, so this one actually has a documentary out there on it. Based is it, on is it. this the one that when the door is closed, they see the um, yes the, the shadow through the the pane of glass? Beautiful Frost, frosted glass. Yeah, it's fro- It's a pantry with a glass frosted. I don't understand why that is, but whatever. Uh, but the door would open on its own every night. Yeah. The guy puts a camera up there just to make sure, is it happening? Yes. At three something every morning, boom, it's open. It's open. So he changes the whole doorknob and makes it a lock. Well, he locks it. So he's recording again. And again, it's doing this business where it's trying to open it, but it can't open. So then he says, well, let me go down and see what I can see. I'll see if it tries to open it again. You know, he's there checking it and sure enough, it's doing this business. And then he captures the two hands on the glass. Yeah. That freaked me out. I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you, Eric, after seeing that, but it wasn't until the face appeared above because he put his hands on it and then a face appeared. And you could see it was right. a little girl. Yeah. And he he unlocked that door and there's nothing there. Yeah. It was trippy for the next two months. Every time I got up in the middle of the night, that's the first thing I thought of was that ghost. <laughs> freaked me out. I loved it. But uh <laughs> But like videos, I'll I'll recognize in videos that you're putting on your your uh, down the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. They 
many times will strike me the same way that I felt the first time I saw the Patterson Gimlin Bigfoot footage. And I've said this countless times and I'll continue to say it from the first time that I saw that all the way through now, 40 years later, they've, they've put it into a stabilization and they've, Mm -hmm. you know, they've cleared it up. They've used AI to replace uh, missing bits of scratched film. So it is right now it is at the most clearest and most stabilized version it's ever been. And even in its original form, when it was super shaky and you, you barely got a couple of seconds of still footage, Mm -hmm. it struck me as being very organic. And, and when something hits me as being organic, that's, that's when I really start to pay attention. And uh, a number of the, the scrolling through your page, a number of yours do the same thing. Can I explain it? Does it necessarily mean that it's true? No, but it strikes me as organic. And that's when I really start to pay attention. Yeah, that uh, that footage, man, I remember. Uh, and now they're saying it's female, right? Yes. Saying that yep, it's, yep. Wow. Yeah, they the refer detail to detail on it now. Yeah, they refer to her as Patty because it's quite obvious that she has hair covered yeah. breasts. Yep. So that one really, yeah, when I saw that. And you know it's funny you really don't see anything like that yeah not not since and there's some out there but that was right there in the open yeah everything else you see trees and what have you it's not close enough it's above it or whatever and And is it uh, and is it easy to think that it's somebody in a in a costume walking that would make the most sense wouldn't it Mm -hmm. that would make the most sense but when you watch it and you realize that the last time you dressed up for Halloween and put a mask on your face, <laughs> how how easy would it be to trip over something? How easy would right. it be to walk over uneven terrain and and not miss a beat, to yep. not, not look and stumble, to not have to turn your head completely the way that you're walking? How does she turn her head to look back at him with the camera, continue to walk in a very uninterrupted, very very normal way. If you had something that had large floppy feet on, you would be, you would be stepping on uneven ground and tripping over things. It just, it just is, it looks organic to me when she moves, it looks real. And I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that can be faked. I don't think so either. I mean, I, I think that's some of the best evidence out there ever, ever great stuff. It's uh, you know, doesn't she look like I need to get out of here? There's like a, a level of concern on that look when she turns you know, yeah. over like she's she's moving with a purpose. Yeah. 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 I love it. That's great stuff. Uh, so, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. It, it means a lot. It, you know, you, you put in the work, you go in there day after day and you you really want to do your best. You really want to. For someone to say that they see it every other video or whatever, that's that's awesome. Thank you so yeah. much for that. No, you're you're welcome. You you deserve the accolades, uh, the accolades, accolades, accolades. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, because because you do a you do a good job. Um, you know, you, I mean that's that's personal to me, 
that's my preference. I mean, I'm sure there's people out there that enjoy the, the ones that we were talking about where they, they push the false narrative and, and just mm. straight out BS you, um, yeah. you know, but that's probably more in the realms of entertainment and, you know, with them putting themselves in front of their video and, uh, trying to be all creepy or trying to be all super excited about, you know, this, um, they're, they're looking for some attention themselves and, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're doing it behind the scenes and, and you're just putting it out there because it's stuff that hits you. So good stuff. It's good stuff. So what put you on the road to, to being so into high strangeness and the, the paranormal? Early on, uh, I was uh, born in Alice, Texas. My, my folks lived in Houston. And uh, my mom's parents lived in Alice, Texas. My dad lived, uh, his parents lived in Robstown, Texas. So my mom was visiting her, uh, her parents. And so I ended up being born there. We moved to Corpus Christi to a, a little home on Casper Street. And it was in during this time that uh, my parents went through some very uh, strange uh, events in this house. There was uh, odd things moving in the house. There were uh, noises, whistles from outside. Uh, my dad would come home and it, it, my dad actually said he saw this. And, and I believe him because he's not one of those guys that's going to that believes in any of this. He doesn't believe it. But he said he came home one night, late night, heard a whistle. He looked up in a tree and he saw a woman doing this business to him. And he, he, he stopped where he was at and then walked back around to the other side of the house to get inside to avoid. Yeah. So, really? yeah, I was about a year and a half and I had my own room and in my uh, in my room on my bed or whatever this what do they call them those little futon or, or oh, oh uh, <laughs> <It's, clears throat> a, uh, a, yeah what the hell I had two of them yeah. for my kids what the hell what were the they so Baby it's like these two these these two little guardrails on each side of the bed that are up yeah so that if he gets up they don't fall off right, but anyway right. every uh, other night. My mom would say she would come in the room and she would see me uh, holding on to one edge of the bed, screaming, looking at something behind me, screaming my head out. And uh, another odd thing that happened in, in that room in particular was they would light like uh, incense, you know, those little, they'd light it and it would never stay on. It would always turn off. And those things don't really turn off. It takes a lot for them to go off, you know? Yeah. So that was very strange. My mom was really terrified of that house they she would have me sleep with them and my dad over a, a a short period of time began to change like his demeanor things would he was not the same person they would really? get into fights all the time they had just they'd been married already what two years and it was getting really really bad to the point where my dad had already packed his bags he was ready to leave so uh my mom calls his dad my grandfather and my grandfather comes over and immediately he was struck by something in the house 
So he basically told my parents that they needed to leave the house. There's something not right here. If you want, we'll go ahead and we'll call our prayer family over and we'll pray over this because something's wrong. So they did that. <clears throat> it turns out the previous owner were, um, I guess, a witch or a, I'm trying to think of the proper name for this. Well, anyway, <clears throat> this lady would cast spells and apparently she destroyed the neighbor's life. She totally destroyed his life because, uh, you know, she had children, she had girls and he had sons and she was trying to fix them up and the man was having none of it. So she basically cursed him. He lost his wife, his job, his house, you know, everything went to shit for that poor man. Well, when the prayer people came over, they said there was something buried in the front yard. Uh, so they had to find it and dig it up. So there was holes all over the place, but they found what was buried and it was like a, like a witch yard stuff tied to this is all this weird stuff. Yeah. I, and, and it was in four corners. So bizarre, so bizarre. And, uh, they finally moved out and after they moved out, everything was fine. So my dad, whatever was going on, he was cured. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. He, he was back to normal, but it was like a whole Jack Torrance thing where he was one person when he came in and a different person before he left. Yeah. And so, and it's not, it, 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 have you, have you talked to him about this at length? Yes. He, and my dad is a, he's a Vietnam veteran. He doesn't believe in any of this stuff. You know, he doesn't know really how to explain it. He, he's religious. So he's going to take the God route and he's going to say, you know, just pray and it's going to be fine. But I mean, to hear my dad say, I saw a lady in the tree whistling at me and doing this business. He doesn't say things like, that. Yeah. you know what I'm saying? This is not my dad. He, he seriously said, I saw what looked like an old lady in the tree. They just hang standing up on a tree, just going, come over here. Wow. So yeah, uh, he he did go out, talk about this at length. He did not. It was a house that w they needed a place to stay, so he just rented it. But the neighbor, the guy that eventually was basically kicked out of his own home, was telling him, "Do not move in this house." Oh really? Whatever you do, don't do it. This this lady that lived there, she's from the old country, and she's <clears throat> it's not good stuff. She's already messing up my life. I'm telling you, if you move in here, you're gonna have problems. My dad was like, "I need to move in someplace." So. Forget that jazz, you know. Wow. That's where it started, man. And then we moved to another place. Uh, we lived in Corpus Christi, like I said. So there's a naval air station there. And as I was getting older, I was getting into aliens. Aliens was my jam as a kid. I loved it. <laughs> I read books. I read about Betty and Barney Hill. I read about, I mean, all this stuff. And, and you know, back then it was uh, Project uh, Blue Book. Blue Remember Book. that? Yep. Love the show. Yeah, <clears throat> I watched that thing religiously, but it would terrify me because I, I did want to, I wanted to see UFO. I did not want to be abducted. I did not want any of that business. You know what I'm saying? It's funny. It, you you kind of mirror my childhood because I would watch <laughs> as much as I could. I would, my parents would once in a while would buy me a UFO magazine and, mm -hmm. you know, I would just, I would fill my head with that. And on the weekends I'd watch scary movies 
you know, whether they were old 50s sci-fi or they were Dracula or, you know, right. science fiction Godzilla. I, but when it came time to go to bed, I was convinced that every single monster that I had ever <laughs> seen was right outside my bedroom window waiting to grab me when I went to sleep. <laughs> and, you know, it was... It was it was a it was a different it was a difficult time because I knew if I would tell my parents that I was scared that they would make me stop watching all that stuff. Right. And I didn't want to I didn't want to be without that. I didn't want to stop being able to watch it. Enjoyed the hell out of it during the daylight hours, but when it came time for night, those were some terrifying evenings. Oh, absolutely! Nightmares. You have you know whatever. It was nuts. I remember watching. The Exorcist, when it came out on TV the first time, it was like 81 yeah. or something like that. I was, what, nine years old, eight years old, something like that, nine years old. And uh, I saw that by myself in the dark. I don't know what possessed me to do that, but I had <laughs> nightmares for weeks after that. Yeah, You know, the head moving around the whole way. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Terrified me, man. That was a, that was a scary one. And I looked it up. Did I actually watch it at home? And yeah, sure enough, it came out on, uh, I think it was NBC or CBS in 1981, television debut. Really? Nuts. Yeah, I was like, there's no way I watched that. Is that how it worked? Yeah, that's how first, it worked. First time, first time I saw that was in the early days of HBO. Mm. And so I saw it uncensored. And <laughs> yeah. there, you know, I yeah there there's one scene in there in particular that i was like oop that's mm -hmm. you should first of all as an actor you should not be reciting that line right <laughs> uh i felt really bad having seen it because then i couldn't get it out of my head mm -hmm. and uh but yeah that's that was for its time that it was it was a pretty terrifying movie i can remember I can remember when it first came out at the theaters, I was with my parents at relatives at a lake house that we would go to quite a bit during the summer. And their son was just getting ready to go see it. And he had a buddy of his and his buddy, it was a really nice guy, but mm -hmm. to be honest, the guy looked like Charlie Manson, oh, you shit. know? So, so this was, this was in the earlier mid mid seventies. Um, wow. long wiry hair. And I mean, he looked like Charlie Manson. Um, wow. again, he was a very nice guy, but looks, if, if you judge people on looks, you would have stayed away from this guy. And I, I could remember they were getting ready to leave to go see it. And this guy, I don't remember what his name was. He opened up his leather coat mm -hmm. and underneath it, he had taken a, a full size wooden crucifix that hung that hung on his wall in his home and had tied rope around it and was wearing it around his neck. <laughs> and I was like, why? Maybe you shouldn't go see this movie if you <laughs> felt that strongly about it. Did you know uh the actress that basically did the voice for Pazuzu in that movie? the demon that was possessing Linda Blair's character. Uh, her name was Mercedes McCambridge. Did you, okay. did you ever hear about this lady? I don't think so. 
Which is so surprising a, because I would have thought I would have. But it, it, she, her thing is interesting. So she actually, uh, went, to agree to do this, she needed to have two priests with her. Uh, so that after she does does the scene and before she does the scene, she can talk with them and you know because the stuff she was saying was pretty rough, right? And then right. she needed yeah. to. She was an alcoholic before she she took the movie, right? So in order to get the voice the way she she did, she needed to drink and smoke, which she also had stopped. But she started to smoke smoke again, drink again. She would take raw eggs in in an apple. Uh, <laughs> inside of an apple that was cored out basically she would drink that and then she would uh she would do the she would recite the lines and when she would isn't that nuts to take it even further she had whenever uh linda blair's character was restrained reagan when she was restrained uh mercedes had them restrain her at the same time so that she can do the you know Mm-hmm. Really right. going to the character, and she right. was magnificent. I think she did a fantastic job. Um, weird story about her: she's connected to a very sad true crime. Uh, her son, who uh, grew up and became a, uh, he worked in this firm. He was a brilliant kid. He uh, moved up into the vice presidential role of this firm where he was handling finances and doing, you know, this kind of stuff. And uh, he, he managed his, his mother's money and she had about 600 K in there. Well, he was, he was doing some things that were suspect. Basically he was, he was cheating. He was, and he was using his mother's money to do this. Yeah. So they found this out, right. They put him on leave and they told him that uh, they're going to investigate and then they'll get back to him. So he contacted his mother Mercedes McCambridge and asked her to please, please back me up on this. If you back me up, everything is going to be fine and they'll forget about it. And she's like, okay, I'll help you. Well, she changed her mind. She said, you know what? No. As a matter of fact, I want my money back. You, you have, you've lied to me. You're a cheat. You're no, you know, all this, all this stuff. And uh, so what the guy did, he, he got fired because his mother didn't help him out. And he went home. He, bought the uh, video cassette of Friday the 13th. He got a mask of Freddy. And then he proceeded to kill his wife and two kids. And then he went down into the basement where he had the video cassette to play the movie, played the movie, put the mask on, took two uh, handguns, put him to his temple, and then blew his brains out. Good Lord. Isn't that nuts? What a, what a weird connection to this movie. Yeah. That blew my mind Jeez. when I read it. But yeah. Well, unstable people, man. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. He left a terrible note to his mother, which was, okay, you win. Oh, Jesus. Very sad. Very yes, sad stuff. Very sad. <laughs> so what other God that, that that leaves a sour note, doesn't it? <laughs> What other uh, what other types of uh, experiences have you had in your in your own life? So I really wanted to see a ghost. That is something that is like my bucket list item. I want to see one. I want to see a UFO. I want to see a big. I want to see crypt. I don't care what it is. I want to see it. Yeah. Uh, but I'm a I'm a I'm a skeptic. A really uh, stern, 
I need to see the proof. I want to have the proof. So it was very obviously like I remember living in my house, the door in the last bedroom would open on its own or close. And that's like right away. You're like, oh, there's something there. But I would look at like I noticed that every time the air conditioner would kick on, that's when it would do that. Okay. That's that explains that to so me. You're, right? you're debunking. You're debunking things. Yeah. yeah. You have to. I mean, I mean, I, right. I thought everyone did that. Uh, but apparently, no, they see a door open, closed, ghost, right? Right. No, I, I want to be able to see it for myself, to be able to say, okay, I, I believe this. And throughout most of my life, this didn't happen. And then you get to uh, 2014 and two very distinct happenings on the same day uh really kind of shook me and i'll be honest uh, i still was a skeptic after those two things happened then i met jj rose 777 and she blew the doors off of that you know because what her what she's able to do but in 2014 there was a fire in my apartment and i remember it was october it was sunday it was around four ish p.m i'm sitting with my dog charlie there's a little chihuahua mix. We're watching TV. She's on my recliner. And uh, I could smell what smelled like a barbecue. And I live in Texas, so that's not a big deal. Barbecues yeah. all the time. It's I, Sunday. I, I envy you that. <laughs> I, it smells just I, like a barbecue. I love smoking meat. And uh, oh, I'd, I'd, be mm. heaven, I'd be in heaven if I was in Texas. That's what it smelled like. And it was uh, no big deal. So I just continued watching my, my TV, whatever it was. And then I heard what it sounded like glass break. So I lived in a two bedroom apartment. So I went out to the the second bed the second bedroom to see what the what was going on. And I didn't see glass on the ground. But I figured it was my neighbors upstairs that were arguing. They they would argue all the time. There was always fighting and noise and stomping and all this. So I figured it was that, <clears throat> but it wasn't. It was actually a fire shooting out of the window up there that caused that too. At this time I didn't know. And I remember thinking, should I take a nap? Because I was really exhausted. But I knew that the next day I had to work. So a nap would probably work against me for the next day. I would probably lose some sleep overnight. You know, so I decided not to do it. And it, it, I really think about that a lot, that decision to not take a nap. Because I believe now it's been years since then that I did take a nap. And I have a memory of hearing the glass break, waking me up from my bedroom. Okay. And I don't know why I have that memory. I don't, I shouldn't have two memories. One where I go and check it and one where I wake up and go back to sleep. But I have those two memories and they don't make any damn sense to me. And it's been really hard for me to talk about this because it's been a long time. It's been 10 years now. And it's, uh, I really can't explain it. There's no way I can explain this. There's no way I can give you proof that somehow two different things happen at the same time. I don't understand what happened there. I do know that someone came yelling and knocking on the doors. And it was at that point that I remember getting up on my chair, grabbing Charlie, getting my go bag that I always carry there by the, the door and getting the hell out. And when I went out to where my car was, I can see the fire racing, just raging through the window. There is my up, of, upstairs. Of your apartment? 
of the apartment above mine. Okay. And that's where the glass broke and fell over from the apartment above mine. The fire was just firing out of the window. And then I could see their dog because they kept their dog in their balcony for some reason. That's where he lived. He was a big black dog. And when I got to my car, because our parking lot is right in front of the, the building and you're looking at where our apartments are, I could feel the, the fire from where I was at trying to get in my car. And when I saw the dog, he was screaming and he was he was dying. He died oh before I got in my car. Yeah. And I, I love animals, man. I, yeah, I really wish I could have gotten up there and, and got him. There's no way as the heat was bearing down on me. There's no way I could have got anywhere close to him. We got away. Uh, there was like a four alarm. I guess like there was like a lot of fire trucks. And uh, I was talking to one of the firefighters afterward. Man, it was just destruction. It was destruction. And he told me, when did you get out? I said, I got out maybe 10 minutes before you got there. He said, if you stayed there 10 more minutes, you would have died from smoke inhalation. There's no way you would have got out of that. And I was like... That really freaked me out when he said that because I did smell it. And I do remember that there was a chemical attachment towards the end in the smoke, you know, because at first it smelled like meat, it smelled like someone was cooking. Yeah. Then as, as it went on, I could tell there was some sort of, there's something else to it. Like those, those people aren't barbecuing correctly. Something's wrong. They didn't, they're putting something in the fire. I don't get it. But, um, plastic and what have you that must have been what it was so i was lucky to get away with that with my life and uh it took me a while to realize that something happened because there were differences from that moment to now for example i was uh diagnosed with arthritis where there would be times, especially during the summertime, I mean, the wintertime, where I would not be able to move. Both my hips have it, my knee, my ankles, my shoulders. I had chondritis right in here. After that moment, I didn't have that anymore. I never had another issue with it. No inflammation. Uh, it's kind of weird when you have something, then you don't have it. You know what I'm saying? It was just yeah. the most bizarre thing. Because this was like a like a constant. It was like, especially when it got cold, it was it was hard to deal. It was hard to deal. I'd have to take days off because I couldn't move. It would take me ten minutes to get out of my bed to go to the bathroom. It was that troublesome. And then I didn't have it anymore. But then I had something else in place of it. Uh, another ailment in my spine, which. Basically, it's uh, it's fusing my spine, basically. The vertebrae are now starting to fuse slowly, but they're fusing. And before that fire, I was five, seven and a half, almost five, eight, somewhere in between that. I'm five, five now. I don't know how the hell I switched from one height to another. It doesn't make any damn sense to me. Uh, I noticed it right away, though, because everything seemed bigger to me you know what i mean it were everything like if i would come off the steps yeah. off the side yeah it seemed like a deeper dive down <laughs> like normal it's just a you just step right off no problem but coming off the edge into the street it seemed like a longer step for me everything just seemed 
way off. I was people I would look eye to eye. I was looking up slightly. I didn't know what was going on. So I went to go to the doctor and I was like, what's going on, man? He says, you have this condition. Uh, and you're uh, basically what it's doing is squeeze it. Every vertebrae is squeezing the disc in between and fusing. So you've had this for a while. And I said, no, I haven't. I haven't had this for a while. So, well, you already have uh, some fused and it's caused, it basically causes, you know, you're walking upright. It, it's basically causing this. So now I'm pretty much when I walk, there's like, like a little bit of a, a hunch. Over. Yeah. And <clears throat> I didn't have that before. Now I, don't, I, 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 I gotta, I gotta jump in here. So the, the doctor that you went to, Mm-hmm. Was he some? Was he a doctor? Was had he been your doctor prior to the fire? And did they have records of of you from pre-fire, as far as your height, your weight, and and known yes. medical conditions that you had? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. And apparently, I've had this for some time. But were they were they it. aware of it, and you just weren't, or did they? That's just, what it. That, that's what it was explained to me. Like I should have known I had this. I should know this. I said, no, I don't know this. You've never told me this before. I've come here for arthritis. This is what I came here for. And you're telling me I have this, it just happened. No, you've had it for some time. Uh, you've lost height because of it. And I said, yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> I noticed that instantaneously. It didn't just happen overnight. And so it was very disturbing to, uh, to learn this because I had never heard uh, the, it's called ankylizing spondylitis. This is so dude, this is so, I'm telling you, I have never heard of that. I have, I have spondylo spondylolisthesis. Is that right? Yeah. My L4 and my L5 are pushing into my body and trying to fuse together. That is insane. Yeah. I'm wondering, I don't know. Listen, this is, there are two other things that have happened since that have really bothered me. One has been, I can, I smell smoke when there's no smoke. This is the most annoying fucking thing ever because when it first started happening, I seriously thought there was a fire in the house. It smelled like a smoke. Uh, like a barbecue infused with some sort of chemical. And I have many times jumped and ran to see if the oven's on, to see if there's a fire anywhere in the house. My girlfriend thinks I'm nuts. Like, what's wrong? I'm, you don't smell that? That's a, that's a fire. There must be a fire in one of the condos somewhere. And no. That has happened over and over. It's gotten to the point where I know it's not real. Which bothers me now because what if it's real <laughs> one right, day? Yeah. What if it's real? But it's it's happened so much. There was a there was a period where it was every day I would smell that. It's annoying. It is the most frustrating thing to smell something that's not there. That bothers the shit out of me. I still do it to this day where I, I can smell something. It's just that, whatever that is. The other thing that really bothers me is I Ever since that fire, I've had something back in the back of my neck that is about, I would say about uh, as big as your fingerprint here. 
at first it was like it was a very small dot in the back of my neck and it felt if you feel if you were to go and feel it it felt like these little slits like gills that's what it felt like and i thought what the hell am i am i turning into a fish what's going on here <laughs> i went to my doctor he sent me to a dermatologist a specialist i went to the dermatologist and the guy says i don't know what that is yet let's take a little sample and see what's up they take a sample um they come back with the results inconclusive they don't know what it is so okay well what do i do well we'll give you your ointment there's cream you know let's hope it goes away all right it has not gone away as a matter of fact it has grown and spread from the right side of my back to the left side of my back and further to the right and if you look at it now it looks like a it looks like a burn like a 3d burn on my back it looks like i was in a fire like scar tissue from after a burn yeah that's what it looks like i never got burned in that fire but this is what i think and and, and i've let me tell you i've thought on this for years for years that memory i had of of waking up from a the sound of a breaking glass. Yeah. I think that person died. I think the guy who made that decision to take a nap died and, from the smoke inhalation and was burned from the falling. So what happened was the fire burned through the floor and landed in, in my apartment, in my bedroom, on my bed. And so... Do you sleep? Do you typically sleep on your stomach? I did back then. I don't now, but I did back then. I would sleep on my stomach. Uh, and wow, man, I, I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me that I would have a memory like this. And now I have what appears to be burn marks on the back growing. I don't know. And it's itchy as hell. Let me tell you, it's annoying. Oh, and the doctors don't know what it is. I'm going to go back here to, because it's 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 spreading, and I'm beginning to wonder if it spreads any further. What does that mean? What's going to happen? Am I going to be uh, covered in this kind of burn, scaly-looking thing? I don't know what's going on, man. It's It's bothering me. But I think what happened or what could have happened or what possibly happened is there was a a collider of some kind, not the high, not the uh, CERN collider, but yeah. one that was here, one we have in the States might've been operating and there may have been a, you know, cause parallel universes are pretty close, right? They're very close. They're layered. I think what happened when this test hit, there was a slap that pushed two together, but not all of it transpired over the other one. So I think it was a slap to the point where 20, 25% of whatever happened on one universe happened on another. So you're saying that you're theorizing that right. potentially you are cohabitated by a version of you from one timeline and partially, and partially habitated by 
the you that passed away in a fire mm-hmm. from another timeline. That's what I'm coming up with. I mean, I've been thinking about this for years. It doesn't make any sense to me. I've been trying to find, like, I looked up CERN, and I know CERN was not operating in 2014. They were rebuilding. They were upgrading. But I know there's one in Tennessee, and I know there's some that are underground that uh, could be government-ran that are not uh, public, you know? There may be one here. This is Military City. It's possible there's something like that underground here. Um, but that's the that's the most likely solution that I can come up with is that part of that universe is stuck with me. And then there's I, here's I, another. I, 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 I would almost even venture a guess that the there was not the necessity for something like CERN to, to intervene. What if your spirit, what if your, what if the trauma that the, the burn victim you incurred, mm-hmm. what if your, your body's reaction, your soul's reaction to that jettisoned you from from one reality to another what if what if the incident itself was enough to to throw you into a different reality i mean i've considered that i i've considered it but what throws me for a loop on that situation is I, I know there is a very huge difference between before 2014 and post 2014. And what I mean by that is I didn't know about everything seemed much calmer in that universe, man. Everything seemed more relaxed. Uh, government officials worked together. They crossed the aisle. Everything seemed, uh, dare I say, normal. And I, I'm sure you've heard of the Mandela effect. This was oh, a absolutely. term yeah. absolutely. that was uh, coined in 2009, right? I'm a, I am was an IT manager and I worked in, in an industry where I had to stay on top of, you know, what I'm working with. Mm-hmm. I always stayed on top of paranormal stuff. I never heard of the Mandela effect until after 2014, until after the fire. Didn't know it, didn't hear it never heard it why it was 2009 and 2010 is when it really got into you know mirror mirror on the wall all that stuff 2010 2011 2000 i never heard this stuff but now i do almost immediately after i started hearing all this weird stuff and i remember a certain way on these things i don't remember the other way what what is that how does that even how is it even possible I feel I feel like I'm out of place. I do feel like this is not the right universe. It feels oh. to me different. Okay, so as as far as the Mandela effect goes, there mm-hmm. are some there are some very you know, and I'm on the fence about the Mandela effect. Yeah. Let me rephrase it. I have been on the fence <laughs> the majority of my life about the Mandela effect. 
Okay. Um, I'm going to share something with you that I've not shared with only two people in, okay. in my life because it's happened pretty recently. And, and it was, you know, for the most part, it is, it's a private thing. I mean, not that I'll, I'll share me. it once we get done with this, but trust me, I, I know how you feel about sharing <laughs> it because this is not, this is not easy for me to share this at all. So when you, when you look online at the, um, the, the more popular, more, uh, in your face mm -hmm. Mandela effects, Berenstein versus Berenstain. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Luke, I'm your father. Uh, you know, um, uh, fruit of the loom. Cornucopia. Ha having right. a cord cornucopia. Right. What are you, do any of those resonate with you that you are now, you don't remember the way they actually were? Do you remember the cornucopia? Do you remember do. Star Wars being one way? Yes. So you're remembering the old way, not not what they're saying is the new way. So <clears throat> I have two schools of thought on this. One fits this theory of, of uh, it being a parallel universe where, yeah, that's what was said. Luke, I am your father. Not no, I am your, no. I, I, was, at the th I was there in 1977. I saw oh, it drive it. I was doing. I, I was like, "Shit, yeah. <laughs> come on, man!" I was there. But here, yeah. here's another thing. Here's the other side of the coin on this: the cornucopia, for example. There is so much proof out there that it exists that that one might be a little bit of uh, them trying to. Yes, I don't know why. I don't know why they want to freak you out about it. But yeah. It's definitely that because there's too much proof of that. We've my already mom, seen so many of it. My mom literally had a wicker cornucopia <laughs> that would come out every year around Thanksgiving. And oh. it had plastic gourds and pumpkins and all kinds of shit that were Thanksgiving decorations. Yeah. And I'd seen it for years. And I remember mm -hmm. asking her, what was it? Because it didn't make any sense to me. It didn't look like a bowl. It was weird shape. I'm like, yeah, it's and like I can a horn or something. Her, and I can remember her telling me it was a cornucopia. Mm -hmm. That's the only reason that I knew what a cornucopia was when I got my first pair of Fruit of the Loom underwear. <laughs> and I was like, that's weird that they would put something for Thanksgiving on the back of the underwear tag. Mm-hmm. But it had nothing to do with Thanksgiving. It was just <laughs> fruit of the loom. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I know for a fact yeah. that fruit of the loom had a cornucopia in the logo. Absolutely. 100%. I will fight you if you tell me it didn't. I'll tell you one of the, uh, one of my embarrassing moments uh, I'm posting on down the rabbit hole was I found this really awesome video of Sinbad, uh, yeah, Sinbad playing uh, a genie in a movie that he says he never did. Right. And then it had it was the it was a video basically of him in the movie where these two kids are in a basement where there's a uh, newspaper that says Nelson Mandela dead in 1980, whatever it was, 
There is a, uh, a, a Curious George book where he had a tail. Yeah. Right. And there was like four. I mean, I, it was so obvious. I should have seen it right away, but it was early in the morning and I was like, oh, this is great. Posted it. And so many people said, oh, yeah, that's an April Fool's joke. Sinbad played on everybody. None of it's real. <laughs> well played, sir. Good job. Well played, Good Mr. Job. Sinbad. <laughs> so, I mean, why? what is the point of it? What is the point of, of telling us a lie? I would, I would love to know what that is. I would love to understand it. I'm sure it goes way deeper than what either you and I are going to be able to suss mm-hmm. out by discussing it. Um, yeah, that's for sure. You know, it it's probably it's probably something more akin to a, a psychological experiment. Let's see, you know, Could be. but but you know, Eric, I believe that it's a psychological experiment that is on top of what some are actual Mandela effects that are uh, real, and they're putting another layer on it to see how far we can take it. Will we believe anything? You know, is is that what the play is? What if this is real? Nelson Mandela actually did die in 1980, whatever. And uh, this is not the cornucopia is real. Oh, but we never, here's our logos from the, uh, throughout the years. Never did we have, we know, we see it. I've had, I have that stuff. It's there. You're not yeah. fooling me, you know? Well, well, anyway, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what to make of all that stuff. All I can say is that's what I feel. I can't prove any of it. I, I cannot come out with some evidence and say, here is the reason. Um, but it happened, and I feel like. Have have any of the doctors that you've been to about that uh, that growing spot on your back, have any of them referred to it as looking like scar tissue from a burn a severe yes, burn. The, the very first one told me were you in a fire because this kind of looks like you were burned like a third degree burn and i said no i mean i was in a fire but i didn't get burned he says well okay well let's take let's take a test and see what's up now i haven't been back since it's grown it's grown quite a bit and uh i'm curious to see what they're going to say they did tell me it might be something called leaksy it might be something else called something. I don't know what else it was, but uh, <clears throat> they never gave me a conclusive answer. They just kept giving me this ointment that didn't work. So I, I really don't know. Like I said, I wish I had some proof on this. They can tell me that, oh, why is a burn spreading on your back? That doesn't make any sense. Well, can we figure Also, I don't want to be a an experiment to these people. You know what I'm saying? I don't want somebody to come right. and pick me up and right. you never hear about me again. There's no more down the rabbit hole videos coming out. What happened? I don't know. He was here and now he's gone. So I don't know. Man. It, it's, it's a disturbing thing. I'm not, you know, it's uh, I'm not real happy with it. I, I wish I can explain it. I like to have, uh, do you, do you have, do you have additional things in your life since, since the advent of that? Do you have other things that don't make sense that are markedly hit you as this shouldn't be this way? I don't, yeah, the, I don't remember it. I don't remember it this way. The 
the turmoil in our society is it doesn't look the same it's so divisive and so angry and it's just it's not anything i recognize uh the divide in this country i it's that is so strong and and yeah. we're so separated that i don't recognize. that that my friend i believe is a hundred percent intentional yeah whether it's whether it's the right timeline or the wrong timeline the reason for it is 100 percent intentional yeah i mean i can see that there's russian bots there's chinese uh ops that they're running they're trying to separate us they're trying to use uh, racism to divide us in this country and they're successful at it it's what pisses me off absolutely you know uh think about 2001 those buildings came crashing down this country unified i mean it wasn't the best unification but it was we were unified we were one we need to get back to that and i don't know what's going on it, it, i think these countries have found a way to separate us and they figure if we fight each other that's the best way to take this country over maybe the you know fake maybe the fake alien invasion will bring oh us yeah project blue project blue beam yeah yeah i did a, i covered that Project Bluebeam, that's a, you know what I used to do? Uh, I used to Uber. I picked up a military man. He was a, he was a Marine. He was the ones that would go in and take care of the business, the dirty stuff at night. That's what he yeah. told me anyway. He said, right as he got out, he told me a lot of stuff that blew my mind. Like they have a weapon they can drop anywhere. And when they release it, it controls a thousand minds is what he calls it. They'll turn it on and it'll make everyone freaking scared. They'll lose their mind. They will give up immediately. I said, really? They have that weapon? Yeah. It's huge. It's like a tank. We drop it anywhere. We can we can control crowds. So if there's like a, a riot, we can control that riot easily with this weapon. Damn. He goes, and then we didn't get it. It didn't come from us. That's alien technology. The Eufy Video Lock takes the place of separate smart locks, security cameras, and doorbells all in one simple to install unit. A Phillips screwdriver was all I needed. The Eufy 330 Video Lock took me 20 minutes to install, and there is no hard wiring necessary as it's powered by a four month rechargeable 10,000 milliampere hour battery. The Eufy Video Locks are complete with fingerprint technology, passcode entry, physical keys, and free local storage for crystal clear 2K video. There is absolutely no contract, nor the need for costly monthly monitoring subscriptions. The free Wi-Fi driven iOS and Android compatible apps let you have full control over your new Eufy video lock system in just a few clicks. Convenience and security are extremely important, and the Eufy video lock delivers on both. That's Eufy, E-U-F-Y, Video Lock. Because as the host of Uncomfortable Podcast, you just never know who or what will wind up at your front door. Visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock and get yours now. That's Eufy, E-U-F-Y.
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. I was like, okay. <laughs> it, was, it was like a... He was the coolest dude, though. He was a cool... At the very end, he gets out and he goes, and just so you know, Project Bluebeam, that's real. And then he left. And I was freaked out because I know I had just talked on that topic like a week, maybe two weeks before yeah. on a show called uh, Cryptid Warfare. I went in depth because I did some research on that. I went all the way to the beginning and talked about what happened to that gentleman. And it made me wonder, is this, does this guy know that? I mean, do they know that I spoke on that and that's why he's here telling me this shit? Or is this... A dude just happened to tell me that this is a real thing. Watch out for it. It's coming. I didn't know. It freaked me out. I'll tell you that. I didn't know what to think of it. I was really, <laughs> I didn't know what to really think of it. I thought maybe <laughs> don't kill me. Don't kill me. <laughs> yeah. well, now that I I'm on you. your side. <laughs> yeah. I'm on your side, buddy. I'm just trying to, you know, get everyone ready. That's all. Don't worry. But, uh, yeah. Um, that is, I mean, the, that is the strongest thing is there's such a difference in this timeline to the one I was in. When I was in, it was relaxing, man. Everything was smooth. I don't know what, I mean, it, it people loved each other. <laughs> it was, it was a relaxing time. And it just seems like I went into a whole other weird ass world where everyone hates everyone. I mean, I, I've never seen people attack people the way they do now. It's, yeah, it's now, I don't know if you noticed, in this city where I live, San Antonio, Texas, a lot more homeless, a lot more mentally challenged people walking the streets, a lot. I mean, I it's gone from very, very little to too much. Really? That is a huge change. I don't know what happened there. But that's a huge change. There's so many. And they. I live in a, a, a condo that's off of a, a main street that's kind of far. It's like a parking lot in between us where there's a couple of buildings to the side. And on this street is where a lot of homeless and, and mentally challenged people are walking down. And forth. I remember, did you ever see big Tom Cruise? Uh, Tom Cruise. Tom Hanks. Yeah, big? absolutely. Yeah. There's a scene where a man, they're going to New York, right, to find him a place to stay. And there's a man talking to himself. I don't know if you've ever seen that scene, but he's like, I don't know. He's talking to himself, and and Tom Hanks and his little friend are freaked out by it. Yeah. That's here every day, man. I remember being like, wow, that's in New York? I guess it's only in New York. Not anymore. It's not. It's everywhere now. It's nuts. Well, I, you know, not careful, Eric. So, <laughs> you know, um, I think it's safe to say that this country has not been noted for its its care of its mentally ill. For That's true. It has not cared for its homeless population. We Very are true. too too concerned with impressing the rest of the world with loaning our money to other nations so they can fight wars, so they can rebuild mm. their cities. So. Uh, you know, given, given money to countries that we have gone over and kicked the, the absolute hell out of, but then yeah. ah, we'll, we'll help you rebuild. 
um, you know, we pay a lot of taxes in this, mm -hmm. in this country and, you know, and it sure seems like when you, when you look at the national debt and, and you're talking trillions mm -hmm. of dollars, it seems like there would be enough to make sure that our, our people, our American citizens mm -hmm. at least had some kind of shelter over their head. We're able to get mental health that uh, mental health attention that they need. Um, and it just doesn't happen. And, and I think, I think with the way insurance has gone, um, insurance, I'm sure you've seen it. I've certainly seen it. It has become extraordinarily expensive to have medical insurance and it covers considerably less things yeah. than it did uh, 10 years ago. So right. I, I, not to take anything away from your idea of possibly existing in a new timeline, but those things in particular, I think are just a mass failure on our country's uh, state and local and federal governments uh, to make sure that our people are taken care of. And that's all I'll right. say about that because I don't like to get political, but um, again, do I. I, it's I not don't like thing. to see, I don't like to see our people suffer um, when, when money's being blown on, uh, <laughs> on a lot of things that doesn't seem like it's necessary, but it's, it's not American. It's not on America. No. I think I, I, it, it's a form of population control. I really do. I really think I, that if you're surviving a winter and you don't have a home and you don't have the resources, are you really going to survive that winter? There are a lot to die. I'm going to choose not to respond to that because if I do, there will be something that happened in 2020 that I will not be able to not talk about. So, Okay, as far, I as, far, as far as population control, <laughs> very well possibly. Yeah, I have a, I have a video about that, about a, a men in black guy who wrote a book. And one of the things that uh, was in this book that was talked about, not published, but talked about in 1994 was a flu-like thing that would happen in 2017, 2018-ish which blew my mind because I, what? But anyway, moving on. Uh, there was a incident that night of the fire. I was in uh, the apartment complex area, the, the management area. A lot of us that were uh, didn't have a home anymore. They were gonna put us up. The Red Cross was gonna put us up on hotels and whatnot. My sister calls me and says, no, no, come stay with me. I have a guest bedroom for you. I said, okay. Really wish I didn't do that, but I did. I go there. It's a very nice room. She does her crafts in here, you know. So there's a bed in the middle. It's like a like a single right in the middle. Uh, it was late. I was tired, man. Me and Charlie, my little dog, we were just ready to go to bed. So we we got in, we climbed in bed, and I remember hearing what sounded like 
someone walking in the room. And I, I looked around. I didn't see anything. Uh, I have the door closed. I usually cannot sleep with the door open. And uh, I heard shuffling from from behind the bed, around the top of the bed, uh, to my side, basically. And it sounded like someone wearing socks, right? Little socks, just doing this little business. And then I started hearing tapping on the wall in threes, just tapping. And, you know, like I said, I try to debunk stuff. So the first thing I do is I'm looking around. There's a ceiling fan that's going off. My sister has paper that are like thumbtacked to her wall. And I'm looking and I'm noticing that when the paper flies off a little bit from the fan, the edge will hit the tip of the wall. It'll make a tap. So my mind, I thought, that's got to be it. I'm going to bed. Fell asleep. Even though it was just one tap, it wasn't three taps. Like they were, it was coming. I figured that has to be it. Fall asleep. I'm sleeping on my right side. I'm facing towards the wall. And like I said, the bed is kind of in the middle of the room. And I'm not facing towards the window. I'm facing the opposite end. And I'm just laying there. And in the middle of the night, I felt an arm grab me on my left shoulder and shake me awake. Before I even open my eyes, I'm thinking it's my sister because my sister's five foot. She's a little girl and she's got small hands. I figured it was her. I thought something was wrong. And so I wake up and I look and I see and there's no one in the freaking room. And I look around. I look at the door. The door's closed still. But I know something shook me up and stopped once I got up to look. It stopped. So there should still someone be there. There should be someone standing here, but there isn't. And it's at that moment that I hear a little boy laughing in the room. Even my dog heard it. Oh, the dog and reacted. Both, yes. Charlie looked in the direction of the laughter. I don't mind telling you, I was freaked the fuck out when I heard that kid laugh. Oh, I would have been too. <laughs> it was clear as a bell, and it was in front of my face. And I did the thing that you do as a child when you're scared. I moved the blanket over my head. <laughs> and I tried to rationalize what I heard and what I felt. It didn't make any sense. And then I heard the shuffling again from oh. in front of me, <laughs> in front of my face, around to the back. It took... Uh, Quite a long time for me to fall back asleep. Oh, I would imagine. A long time. I really wish I had like some sort of investigative equipment or something or ask it or record. I wish I would have thought of that, but I was so freaking terrified of what I had just experienced that my mind kind of. <laughs> and so it was like, yeah. okay, um, exhaustion took over and I fell asleep. Uh, the next morning, I woke up and I met my sister at the table drinking coffee, and I told her something weird happened last night. And before I could finish even saying that, she goes, oh, you experienced it too? And I was like, oh, my God. Why didn't you tell me something weird is going on in that room? I never would have stayed here. Uh. You know? <laughs> She's like, yeah, I'll be in there, and I'm working on my crafts and stuff, and something will fall off a shelf. And I'll go and I'll put it back up 
I'll go back to do what I'm doing. And another thing, will it'll fall right off again. And it's so bizarre. And she, my nephew, whose name was Max, he was about three or four at the time. She said, and another thing is every time Max is in that room, he's talking to somebody. And I figured he was like a like a imaginary friend, you know, he's at that age. He's probably playing, you know, making up things and whatnot. Yeah. But he would tell me his name was Coco. That's my friend, Coco. He lives in this room. And uh, it wasn't long after Coco and, and Max were talking that Coco started to scare Max really, really bad. Uh, he's 14 now. And uh, I remember we couldn't take him to like a Halloween shop or anything like that. Because if he saw anything that was spooky, he, he was terrified. The poor kid was terrified. Yeah. And uh, I really think something was in that house and it was terrifying my nephew and it touched me and it's so freaking bizarre. And it happened the night of the fire. And I think those two are connected somehow. Like a veil was released slightly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like something I'm not in the same place I was before. And I was able to experience something as a result of it. And that, my friend, I will never forget. I cannot explain it. I really cannot. That's that's strange. And then putting it into the context of having it happen the same night as that yeah. is. Yeah, it's so bizarre. It's so weird. And, you know, we try to do a little investigating on the house. So my sister's a psych nurse. Uh, and she can really talk about uh, the state of the country when it comes to treating people who have medical conditions and just, they'll hold them for a few hours or days, send them right back out into the street, you know, that kind of thing. She worked with a man, an older man in his seventies who actually lived in that same house that she did. And the man said that there was an evil woman that lived there. She was like a foster mother. And he was one of the kids. Like he came from Cuba or something. And he was one of the kids that she that she fostered in that house. Really? Yeah. And he said, the only thing I remember is that woman was so mean to us. She was so evil. And I can't help but think, did this woman kill a kid named Coco in that house or something? And he's trapped there or something like this? I don't know. I would love to then investigate further and see if I can find something uh, that can cement uh, some sort of past that would explain it and try to do some sort of investigations there. That would be a a thing to do. I would really love to do it. There are other people that live there now. My sister doesn't live there. And another weird thing about that house, very similar to my parents' uh, deal, when my sister moved in, the uh, the uh, landlord told her, listen, I have to be straight up with you. Anyone who's ever lived in this house, whether they were married or were boyfriend and girlfriend, don't matter. Get divorced or break up. Oh, so I think it's, it's fair to warn you that that's, you know, I just feel like I have to let you know that. My sister's like, okay, great. Because they had a great relationship, my, my sister and her husband. And before they moved out, they got a divorce. Oh, no kidding. The guy changed. He was 
not the same dude. He was he as a matter of fact that night that I stayed there, he made it very clear he did not want me there. And it's weird because he was such a sweet dude. He was such a sweet guy, you know, but when I was there with he was just a different guy. He was like letting me know he doesn't want me in his house. You know, no uncertain terms. So <laughs> I only spent a couple of nights and then I got the hell out of there. Totally understand. Let me tell you, my my sister and her ex-husband are on great terms and they raised Max together without issue. He's the sweet guy that he was before that house. As soon as they left, he went back to whatever person he was. So there was certainly a negative energy there. Yeah. Uh, It's surprising to me that it might be a child entity or maybe it's not, I don't know. Maybe that's just how it presents itself. It could be. Now, when I met JJ Rose 777, our good friend, she did a spot check. Have you ever had a spot check from JJ? Mm-hmm. Yep. That changed my thinking a lot because when she did that, my body vibrated in such a weird way. I, and let me, I'll be honest with you. I didn't believe her when she said, I'll be there in a minute. <laughs> yeah. You know, we were just talking and I said, listen, I think you did a great job on Tommy's show. Let's get freaky. I thought it was fantastic. You know, I really enjoyed it, I, you know, and she says, what do you want me to do a spot check on you? And I was like, yeah, sure. Okay, I'll be there in a minute. And I thought, I'm not even home. I'm in Virginia. She doesn't know where I'm at. How is she going to? Okay, I said, sure, go ahead. I'll see you in a minute. Laughed it off, went talking to my family. A minute later, my entire body felt like it was vibrating on a different frequency. It was just, and it was scary because she told me, do not, do not go walking. Don't drive. Okay. I was sitting down. Yeah. And that lasted for a good five minutes. And then I got a text from her and said, okay, I'm done. But I was still vibrating a little bit. And it slowly went down another five minutes and it calmed completely down. One of the things she told me when she did the check, there's a child entity connected to me. Wow. What? Huh. I never told her anything about any of what I experienced. Yeah. So I don't know. It was just, she told me a a, a couple of other things that were on the nose. She's gifted. It's it's crazy when you, when you find somebody that can, can nail down some things, Uh, you know, the, the whole asking questions and, you know, that some, that some do the cold reads, the, um, right. You know, being right. able to look at your reactions and, and pull from it, you know, mm-hmm. that that's one thing that's all horseshit. But, um, when you, when you find, when you find somebody that can hit things that it, it, it can be jarring at times. She's remarkable. Uh, today, today, Eric, I was, uh, sitting in my living room. I was talking to her. And we were discussing something. She goes, well, let me let me do a real quick check. I said, all right. She did her check. And then she told me. She lives in California. I live in San Antonio, Texas. She has never seen my house. Right? I've never showed her any pictures of my house. And she says, can you go to your kitchen real quick on the, not the junk drawer, but the one next to it. Can you pull that open real quick? And I go and I do. And she goes, I see there's uh, post-it notes on the right, which there were. 
And she says, on the left, there's something. Can you tell me? Because I'm being pushed to this and I need to know what it is. And I said, what, what are you talking about? A paper? What are, what are you talking about? She goes, it's under the turmeric. And sure as shit, as I look to the left, there's a tum- there's a bottle of turmeric right there. And she goes, oh, wait a minute. It's a ruler. And I looked to the left and there was some weird thing. It didn't look like a ruler to me, but it was like a little plastic. It looked like a runner of some kind. So I pull it out. Sure as shit, it's a ruler. <laughs> How does she fucking know that? Uh, How does she do that? I don't know. How does she do it? It's some psychic bullshit. (laughs) 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 I'm impressed, man. And I am hard to impress. But wow. Yeah. I've, I've run into, I've run into some things with her. I've run into some, some things. uh, The Archbishop Christina Rake had, Mm -hmm. uh, had called out on me that was like, there's no way because she hit on, she hit on a couple of spirits that surround me mm-hmm. that Karen Tatro, who I had done a show with from way out on the East coast had in a private reading, having nothing made public about it, never posted about it. Never, no part of that recording was ever, it was, this was her, her response for me having her on the show was, I'd love to give you a reading if you're open to it. Um, just as a, as a thank you for having me on your show. And I was like, sure. She called out a spirit that was, um, by description, identical to what Christina Rake described Hmm. down to the sound of music playing when that spirit was coming into being around me, the color of clothing that it was wearing, the color of eyes that it had, the length of the hair that he had. Um, and, and both of them hit on the, the first name being Peter or Peter or starting with a P um, and Peter is Peter in Hungarian and I am Hungarian descent. (laughs) Wow. Um, So interesting. So, you know, be sure there are crack psychics out there that are not worth their shit. They are, they're very good at manipulating you. They are very good at leading you. They are yeah. very good at pulling information out of you. There are some that even go as far as, you know, looking at your uh, social media and pulling things mm-hmm. out of that to, uh, to impress you. Um, but when you have somebody that um, I have very little social media presence as far as a, um, as far as an individual, as uh, the only reason I even have Facebook or Instagram was to, because of promoting the show. Um, mm-hmm. so there was never, I'm not the guy that posts, Oh my God, uh, my kid farted sideways. Everybody say a prayer, <laughs> you know? Um, uh, Oh, I love my kids so much. I love my kids so much. They're so wonderful. Blah, 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 blah. I did, nobody needs to know that I'm their dad. They know I love her, love them. And I don't care if anybody else knows anybody who knows me knows that I'm a good dad and have done the right thing. That's, that's all that matters, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. but, but when you, when you find somebody that can, can hit the nail on the head 
that that's it's pretty incredible. I wanted to I wanted before we get too far off of it. Um, I'm I'm going to share this with you for the first time. Yes. And and it's still it's still got me scratching my head, and um. So I, I divorced. Uh, nine, 10, 10 years ago, 11 years ago. Um, did a lot of dating, spent, spent a lot of worthless nights out with somebody that I just didn't, don't like, don't care. Not going to see you again. <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, not a, not a lot of, not a lot of good. Remarkably enough, 2014. Huh. When I started huh. to notice there weren't that many good people out there. That's strange. Uh, for first time, I really kind of put that together. Um, but, wow. you know, I went through a period where I, I was dating and dating. I, you know, I, I felt like I wanted to be a part of a relationship and then it didn't. And, uh, you know, in the past, past few years, I've just been like, you know what? I am perfectly okay being by myself. Um, I'm comfortable with who I am now and I'm, I'm, you know, getting up in the upper fifties and I'm a little set in my ways and I don't really want to change. And, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, for the obvious reasons, you want some companionship for, for things, but, um, and then I met this girl, I met this woman. Uh, I actually met her two years ago, uh, in then, where she was working. She wasn't working there anymore. Um, and quite by chance, I run into her at the same place where she had used to work. Um, and you know, we kind of made a little contact and a few days later we started messaging back and forth and, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a hundred percent in, I, this, she is the one that I've been waiting for. So, you know, Christmas is, is on its way and I wanted to do something special for her for, from, from a creative end. Um, I'm not a jeweler, so I can't create jewelry. (laughs) Um, but I wanted to, I wanted to, here's the thing. It's like when I was married, when I was dating you know, I was, I always thought I was a good listener, but I, I really, I don't think I was. And, and quite possibly, maybe it was because I just wasn't interested. Um, <laughs> but, but with her, I, I listen and I pay attention and I retain things and I remember things that seem to be important to her and, and why. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to going to reach out to a woman I know who makes jewelry. And I wanted to create something kind of from my vision mixed with her talents and yeah. and have it for her for Christmas. So I reached out to her and I said, you know, I'd love to have you make something. Do you do custom work? And she said, yeah, I can 
And I'll, I'm going to go ahead and, and throw her name out there. Her name is April North. Um, she's got a an Etsy, and the name of her Etsy shop is April's Realm. Mm, um, nice. She is she's great at what she does. Beautiful stuff. Um, you know, you don't have to sell your house to buy a a piece. It's it. She's just I like her style. So there were some things that I have learned about my girlfriend, Stacy in conversations. And I found out that she, she liked the crescent moon. And, you know, that was her favorite phase of, of the moon was the crescent and, you know, what her birthstone was and, uh, um, the, uh, the meaning behind a tattoo that was on the inside of her forearm. And, you know, it just, I wanted to incorporate a bunch of the things that I had learned about her to make it more personal. Right. And, uh, so I relayed these things to April and, uh, she, she took not too long and she shot me back a message that had a, a drawing of what she had come up with. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, that is, that's it. That's it. And she says, Oh, I'm so glad you like it. You know, we had some messages back and forth and I said, you know, I don't know how long it takes to produce something like this, but you know, I'm really hoping to be able to do this for Christmas. And you know, it was a couple of months out. So she said, yep, shouldn't, shouldn't be any problem. And, uh, then she sent me, um, she sent me another picture. Um, it was, let's say three quarters of the way done. Uh, she was waiting on the correct stone to put in it so that it was reflective of her, her birthstone. Right. And, uh, <clears throat> I'm like, looks great. Love it. Can't wait. She's gonna, she's gonna love it. And, uh, I get a message. I don't know, maybe, maybe three weeks out, you know, first week of December, three weeks mm -hmm. away from Christmas. And, uh, and we were, we were hoping that we were going to be able to spend Christmas together. We live five, five and a half hours away from each other. Wow. Um, which is remarkable. It's in its own right that we have been able to maintain, <clears throat> but I think that's, that's how, that's how bought in we are to each other. Um, well, so, when there's a connection and it's a real connection. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. things don't matter. Other things right. don't matter. So, you know, I'm like, we're not going to be able to spend Christmas together, but we're making plans for an Airbnb for the New Year's weekend. So we're going to hold on to our gifts. We're not going to send them to each other. We're going to just give them to each other at our New Year's Airbnb. And uh, <clears throat> she sends me a message. She says, it's ready. I'm shipping it out. Here's the cost. And I'll, I'll get it out to ASAP. And she did. And I got it. And I opened the box and I, my heart kind of sunk because it, it was still the crescent moon. It still had the components, everything that I had talked about, but the birthstone. Yep. The birthstone was fine. Every, every, all the components were there. Okay. But, but the, the 
sculpture of this piece mm-hmm. was was a bunch of thin wires that were delicately wound and intertwined and and there was this um there was this weave and this uh, dimensionality to it that you know it had open spaces and you could see through it and it, it was just it really it really uh, appealed to my not so always abstract mind. Usually I'm very symmetrical, but sometimes I get abstract and, you know, but this thing really, it really hit me. Mm-hmm. When I opened the box and I looked at it, all the open spaces, all the, all the negative spaces had been filled in with, I don't know what the technical term is, but it looked like it had all been soldered in. You could still see the outline of that were going around that created the shape but Mm -hmm. the the see-through parts of it were were gone yeah and and i was disappointed it's still a beautiful piece but from the previous pictures that i had seen that was what my heart was set on right right then i started to rationalize it's like okay Stacy has never seen any aspect of this. So she doesn't know what it started out looking like. It's still heartfelt. It still has the components of all the different things so that she'll know that I listen to her and I pay attention and I mm-hmm. understand they're important to her. Um, so I, I kind of struggled for a while with she's not going to know any different. And even though it's different from what I was expecting, when she opens it, it's going to be the first time she ever saw anything of it. And she's still going to love it. Right. 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 Um, So a couple days go by and I, I, I had to, I had to reach out to her and um, I sent her, uh, I sent her a message, not, not looking to tell her I was disappointed or anything like that. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, I messaged her and I said, um, Hey, thank you. I got, you got here. It's safe. Um, you know, great job. I appreciate it. And she said, Oh, I'm glad you received it. Uh, I said, yep, just got out of the mail. And she says, wonderful. And I said, in my text message, I'm reading it off my messenger to her. I said, I didn't realize it was all going to be filled in like that. Not an issue at all. My abstract abstract brain liked all the wire and empty spaces, but I'm kind of a weirdo when it comes to that. Right. She responds, uh, laughing, crying emoji, LOL. And I said, she's, you know, she's going to love it. She says, I don't like empty space. I'm a weirdo also. (laughs) Or it's the OCD kicking in. And uh, so, you know, there was a couple other little LOLs and whatevers. Um, I, I decided not to, to say any more. Um, I was grateful that she, she did what she did and she did a beautiful job on it. Um, 
it just was uh, whatever whatever percentage of the way it was done at the time she sent me the picture obviously that was not her end vision right so right right and i'm like she's the artist and you know okay i'm good with it um and i i kind of i kind of obsessed about it a little bit really really i, I was like let me ask you a question. Can I ask you a question about that? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. She showed you the final product, right? So she showed you almost done, yep. right? Yep. You liked it. Yep. You loved it. Yep. Had she shown you the final product, would that have changed everything? You'd be like, okay, well, it's different now, but okay, I think that's, that we're good here. You think that I, 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 I think I would have, I think I still would have been good. Okay. Um, and if that was the case, then I would, I, I guess I would have rather have seen, but this all plays into, so I would have rather okay. seen the finished product. Right, right, right. You know, she sent me a picture of it and it presented itself as being the finished product, right? Mm -hmm. And then I get it and it's different. It's all the same, but the negative openings the space the space was filled, filled. In. yeah so i was like man i gotta put this to rest so i i closed the box up and i wrapped it i wrapped all the gifts uh, that were for my kids and for her i wrapped everything and i was like it's gonna be fine she's gonna yeah. love it why are you being such a you know about this because you want so, it to be perfect you know yeah, I, I know yeah. i know what you're thinking i know what you're thinking yeah. So, uh, so Christmas rolls around, my kids mm -hmm. come into town. Um, I'm sick. So we all have Christmas out in the garage. So it's like 50, 54 degrees on Christmas day. So we're sitting <laughs> in the garage. So there's no germy air floating around and nobody else has to worry about getting sick. I sat on one end of the table and they were at the other. Um, so we sat out there, had a cigar, we shot the shit and it was good. And then, uh, you know, couple of weeks week and a half goes by and and i go to i go to meet her at our airbnb for our new yeah. year's weekend. and you know we get everything situated and we're we get ready and it's time to give each other our gifts and uh you know she she gave me several and i gave her hers and it was like back and forth one one opens one the other one opens one mm-hmm and I asked her to save that one for the last. The last, right. And she opens it and, you know, she's holding the box at it and she smiles and she's like, oh my God, it's beautiful. I love it. Yeah, thank you so much. And, uh, and she takes it out of the box. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? Because now it looks like it looked in the picture that she sent me. What? The negative spaces are back. And the negative spaces are back. What the hell? And I I didn't say anything to her. She mm -hmm. knows what I do. She knows about the types of things that I talk about. And, you know, some of them she's just like rolls her rolls her eyes and it's like, <laughs> why do you even know about this? And and other things, you know, she's heard of and you know. But I'm I'm looking at this thing and I'm like, I'm really questioning my sanity. 
And did you talk to April after this? I have not talked to April. I have not. I have not told her the story. Wow. And and now since I've put it out there, I know her sister listens to the show, so I'm gonna have to. <laughs> I'm gonna have to talk to April. Hi, April this. sister. <laughs> uh, Jamie, that's that's her sister. Hey, Jamie. Um, and I was like, my eyes were fixated on it. I wasn't even looking at her reaction. I mean, I saw it peripherally, but I just right. kept looking at this and I'm like, how could I have made a mistake like that? It was on, it was in a, it was in a white box and the necklace was hooked onto a brown craft uh, paper looking uh, backer board that it, you know, was presented on. And I was just like, what the fuck? Was that, was that all just like a crazy ass dream that seemed super real? And then I was like, I messaged her. Yeah. And I looked up the message and I'm like, holy fuck, the message is there. <laughs> and I, I, I didn't say anything to my girlfriend um, until quite a way, quite a while afterwards. Because it started gnawing at me and I, I, I was like, I tried to explain to her what, you know, what was going on. And she... She has a very unique way of of being like not freaked out by things and kind of accepting matter-of-factly that there is shit that we don't understand. She but, must have been here a lot. She must be back a lot. She's an old soul for sure. I would agree with that. Um, I would even go as far as to say that she is some... She and I had some previous engagement at, at another time um, because of because of the how strong the relationship is with us. Yep. But yep. but I did um, I did I did suss it all out and explain to her at the risk of sounding absolutely insane mm -hmm. um, what what I had gone through as far as that was concerned, and she's like, well did you ever take it out of the box? And I was like, yeah, I took it out of the box. And she goes, because, mm -hmm. you know, because the, the board that it was on inside the box is dark. And if you just had it sitting there, you know, maybe light wasn't getting through it and it may have had the appearance that it was all filled in. You, you know, took it and, out, but I had taken it out. Yeah, you did. And I'm loving this. I mean, it was soldered. It was in it. it Forgive me if I'm not using the right terminology. I know soldering of electrical components. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know what it is in jewelry. Maybe it's the same same term. Um, but those areas were filled in, and it was silver. Let me ask you a question. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Have you told your son this? No. This story? No. Okay. So the first thing that comes to my mind, this is just what I'm, I'm thinking right now is does that solder or whatever was used to fill in the negative space, could it possibly be something that could 
disintegrate, go away, fall out. You know, that's the first thing you think of, right? Yeah. But let me ask you, what do you believe happened? To be honest with you, I haven't the slightest fucking clue. <laughs> but because of the amount of energy and obsessiveness that I put into being disappointed. And, and when I say that, I, I mean, it, it's no, it's not throwing any shade at, at her creation because no. it's a beautiful piece either way. Shout out to April. Shout out to April. Yeah. She did a fantastic job. Either, either way in whichever yeah. form this. Right. Took, it still was a beautiful thing. Beautiful. Right. But the fact that I messaged her and her response was that I hate empty space. Right. See, I believe you saw what you saw because you actually contacted her and asked her about it. And yeah. she already knew what you were talking about. So that you did see it. And I can tell by your, the look on your face that you did see it. Yeah. You just cannot explain why it's no longer there. So because it's it, solder. It, solder doesn't just disappear, right? Nope. nope. <laughs> it doesn't. Nope. It, it doesn't. doesn't. So what's the reasonable explanation here? You know, so I'm like, did I make this happen? Not, not from, you know, like a telekinetic changing the metal myself. I mean, that's not what I'm getting at. <laughs> but be cool though. Did yeah, that would be cool. Did I? <laughs> did I? Did I affect a a riff, uh, a shift? Uh, Could it be timeline? I and I'm telling you, I would I would die on that hill. That what I saw when I opened that box and looked at multiple times, yeah, before I wrapped it. Was a filled in version of what she originally sent me the picture of. Why would you obsess about it otherwise? Why would you be thinking about it? I'm, I'm, not, that, I'm not that guy. That's what's yeah. weird about it is I'm not that guy. Yeah. I'd have been like, oh, yeah, it, you know, I'm, she must have just sent me the wrong picture. She maybe she sent me one that she took of it, you know, just before it was finished and thought she sent me the right one, you know, right. Beautiful. Regardless, it's a beautiful piece of jewelry, yeah. well-crafted. Her artistic abilities are amazing. But why? what happened in that box once it was wrapped? Can't explain it. Hell Cannot no. explain it. Cannot explain it. Cannot explain it. I would be interested to hear what your son has to say about it. I want to hear a scientific mind say, well... Maybe, you know, because you and I know, I mean, I, I've, you, you've soldered things before electronically. Absolutely. You, you know, you know, you've, you've seen this. This is not uh, a, a piece that just evaporates on its own. It doesn't do that. It doesn't well, happen with that. Well, what even struck me is, is about it was that, you know, when you use solder, many times mm -hmm. you have to use flux 
on on the piece that you're soldering so that once the solder heats up it flows into the the wire that you're soldering it flux right. is like a, a sticky uh, jelly looking stuff it's usually kind of got a reddish tint to it and it connects and to the it, component yeah yeah and yeah. and and it once the solder heats up and becomes malleable and, and almost liquid like it just flows into that flux and it takes up all the it takes up all the dead space all the open space around a connection and that i looked at it and i was like oh she soldered everything together it looks, you know? it looks different it looks different yeah and wow. then you know a couple of weeks later there's no chance that anybody came into my house and swapped them out it's exactly what I ordered. No um, elves. You know. Santa Claus didn't mess with it. Yeah. And no. I am still. Uh, she and I she and I talked about it yesterday. I'm like, I I don't know, man. You've experienced something. That's I for don't sure. know. You've experienced something. That's a great story, man. That's and amazing. I have no I explanation for it. But it is it is now exactly the picture that she sent me saying that it was completed. Oh, wow. Do you happen to have a picture of it? Can we see it? I do. Is this too personal? No, it's... This is now unexplained. <laughs> I love that. Um, that is remarkable, man. That is remarkable. It's going to take me a minute here, so feel free, feel free to tell, <laughs> tell the listeners where they can find you and, uh, and all of your, uh, all of your works. Sure. So, uh, down the rabbit hole on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, X, uh, threads on Instagram, it's underscore, underscore down the dot rabbit hole, underscore, underscore Facebook. It's first name down the last name rabbit hole. Um, I have a merch shop, so you can go to deeperdown.store and you can buy products there. You can also go to etsy.com slash shop slash deeper down. I have mugs, I have t-shirts, I have hoodies, I have tons of stuff with the logo. This logo right here. So, uh, yeah, if you're interested in the paranormal, you want to see videos that are going to make your skin crawl, definitely go down to my page, check it out. I am wondering how how can I do this? Well, Eric's still checking it out. Uh, I also am a co-host on a podcast called One Nothing, W-O-N, Nothing Podcast. Uh, we do have a um, Patreon, which is patreon.com slash one nothing podcast, where we have extra shows. We have extra stuff. We have stuff called aid stations where we just talk about the latest stuff and it's really great. Our regular stuff can be found anywhere you get your podcast. Um, it's about true crime. It's about animal attacks. It's about bizarre deaths. It's really great. You'd have a great time. If you like to laugh, definitely check us out. All right. I'm going to try this. I've sent the picture to myself in an email and I'm going to try to right. share that screen. Ooh. Whoa. Wow, dude, that is really nice. So shout out to April North, April's beautiful. realm on Etsy. Um, beautiful work, beautiful work. Yeah. But, 
but if you can see my cursor, like mm -hmm. all these where you can see her skin through these areas. Yes. They were covered up, huh? They were soldered. <laughs> wow. I got to tell you, I like the way it looks like this. That's that's what I wanted. When she mm -hmm. showed it to me, I was like, oh, my God, that's perfect. That's it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, Good job. Holy so <laughs> April, you're awesome. Um, yeah. I have to look her up. It, it, I don't understand it. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that her jewelry is haunted. I'm not saying <laughs> that she's done anything. Um, it's a beautiful piece, man. It is gorgeous. I, I, I'm very happy with it. And, and, and I'm sure Stacy is as well, but, uh, man, there's some weirdness with that. Yeah. There's if some weirdness ever, with that. <laughs> if you ever figure it out, I want to know. I want to hear about it because that I honestly, I don't think you're ever going to be able to explain it. It sounds like so. it's something that don't you wish you took a picture of it when it was filmed? Uh, don't God, you wish yes, you I wish I, yes, I wish. Ah, I would. That would have been something I you know, there for a second. I thought, oh, I did because I sent a picture of it to my daughter. So I went mm -hmm. back and I went through every attachment that I have sent my daughter. And uh, what I actually sent her was the picture that I had just pulled up and showed here. Oh, okay, I, it, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, so that's cool. Um, but yeah, that is remarkable. That's remarkable, man. It's insane. Hopefully, my girlfriend doesn't get mad at me for for sharing this, but uh, nah, I think she'll. It's a done. great story. It's a great story. So I have to ask you uh, if I can ask you a question. I know yeah. we're getting close to our time. Yeah, yeah. This is a question, and you uh, are you're a cryptid guy, right? You like uh, Bigfoot stuff. You like all that stuff. Yes, sir. Here's a question I ask these guys. These are the cryptid warfare guys, and, and I, I just I have to know what you think about this. So my question is, why the fuck have we not found Bigfoot yet? My personal belief. Mm -hmm. is is based a lot in native american oral tradition about sasquatch okay in that they are a and that they are a people that they are brothers that lived in the woods when the native americans lived on the plains and that there were interactions and that there were um, that they are a people. So early, early, early our history, um, civilized history, mm -hmm. they, people have always tended to their dead in one way or another, you know, the Egyptians embalmed, right. um, there's, mm -hmm. there's a documentary out now and I forget what it is. Um, but they found, they found a, um, inside of a cave, it was ridiculous. The effort that they had to go through to get through this, this cave. But when they got through there, they found that a body had been brought down there and there was some form of burial that had taken place and that there was mm -hmm. actually, a, a tool that was left with the body. And at that time, tools were were so valuable and you know it's like 
I mean, they gave it to that person because they believed in the afterlife they would come back and need that tool. Um, right. So I think I think that the lack of the lack of a body, um, you know, just one dropping dead in the middle of the woods and somebody happening to come across the the decomposing body or the skeletal remains or anything like that. I think that my personal belief is that they they tend to their dead. I think that mm. they they don't they don't leave them out that did you know um with as long as i've been into this topic and the the number of historical accounts um you know there are some seemingly pretty credible stories where there have been bodies that have been found um and that they're being kept from kept from us the same way okay. that, uh, you know, in the mid 1800s through the early 1900s, there were a number of burial grounds, burial mounds that were dug up where there were seven and eight and nine foot tall skeletons that were found in these burial mounds. Uh, all of them procured by the Smithsonian. Um, some were on display at, at, in the early turn of the century and and now they never existed and they're 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 a joke it's it's all made up there, <clears throat> there are no right. things as giant bones um so you know is is it a conspiracy an attempt to uh, change our historical past by not telling us the truth of who we are and where we came from i don't know um you know, with the advent of, of these damn things, uh, yeah, everybody's got a, an incredible camera in their back pocket. Um, right. you, you certainly would think that there would be more clearer, less blurry, uh, evidence <laughs> of, of these things, but it's hard to find, trust me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, I struggle with the, the sheer, you know, yes, in any, in any type of paranormal topic, no matter what it is, whether it's hauntings or full apparitions or ghosts or UFOs or alien abductions, um, aliens in my backyard in LA, aliens at the Miami mall, you know, right. there's going to be footage that somebody puts together that is supposedly something. Um, but many times it's nothing. Many times it's uh, blurry, so blurry. You can't tell what it is. You know, it's been blowing up and, and the pixels are bigger than the actual object. So you can't tell what the hell it is. Um, right. You know, I, I don't know, man, but you know, think of think about it this way. So if, if I came into your house now looking at, looking at your studio behind you, you have a lot of things mm -hmm. on your walls and you have shelves with about a lot of different knickknacks that I assume are things that are important to you. They have meaning. They're comfortable. You, you, you like them. That's why you put them there. Right. Mm -hmm. So if I yeah. came into that room, uh, if you invited me over to your house and I walk into that room and I bring with me this little one inch by one inch picture frame with a, with a mm -hmm. picture in it, and you excuse yourself to go to the bathroom and I'm like, <laughs> and I walk <laughs> over and I find a spot on your wall an inconspicuous spot on your wall. And I put that little one inch frame on your wall. Uh -huh. 
how long do you think it's going to take for you to see that? Uh, pretty quick. Yeah, it won't take because, me long, especially if because, I walk into it. Yeah, because it's it's your space, right? It's yeah, you are mm -hmm. familiar with everything that is there. It is your space. You know how it smells. You know how it feels. You know how warm it is from the warmth of the light above you. You know everything about that, even though you don't think about it. If something's different in that space, you're going to be aware. It might take you a little while to figure out what it is, but you know, it might be one small LED light that now makes a light in your room not as bright. And you're like, man, what, what's going on? Why is this so different? And then you're like, oh, shit, the light's burned out. Now, if you go into the woods, which is arguably their home, mm -hmm. and they've been there their entire lives, right? Right. If you put up a man-made plastic trail cam, at about what you would think would be their head height. Mm -hmm. You now have introduced something into a natural realm that now smells like plastic and chemicals. Yeah. It now has a, it now has a mechanical sound to it, however slight it is, because mm -hmm. there's an apparatus in there that is the mechanism by which it's taking the picture. There is an infrared light that shines, that's not visible to our side, our eyes, but possibly to theirs, because we know there are animals in our natural known world that can see infrared light. Mm -hmm. So if you put something like that up in their home, how quickly do you think that they would recognize that it was there? And if they did Correctly. recognize it, would they avoid it? Most likely. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the only question I have with that is, would they know to avoid it in full view of the camera, knowing what it is? I don't think that would be the case. They would avoid it. You're right. I think you're absolutely right. But would they know that it's a camera not to be in front of it? That's what I would. They'd probably avoid it and go away from it. But it might be in full view of the camera. OK. And it's so, what's well, really bothering me is the fact that like you just said, there's cameras in our phones. So everyone has one. Mm -hmm. There's satellite photos we can take. There, uh, what were you saying earlier, drones. We have so much technology. Yeah. To me, not capturing one now, it just blows my mind. We have infrared. We can, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's, there's almost no. So the idea that they're able to evade us even today kind of boggles my mind and i've heard people talk about well maybe they're interdimensional they just jump into the thing and they're gone i'm not i'm not throwing that out with the bathwater, right i mean because nah. it explains how we're not able to catch them they're able to get away from us um you know so i, I mean i don't know you know how can I, how can a how can a man well trained um how can he look at the ground and determine what kind of an animal made the tracks, how long ago that animal went through there, um, what direction it was going. You know, I mean, when you're, when you're highly skilled at what you do, it is almost sometimes magical to see somebody in that situation, in that, in that profession, do their job. 
because it's like, oh my God, how did you ever get so good that you can do that? Right. Right. So, you know, back to the trail cam thing. How many times have you seen a trail cam picture of a deer who's looking straight at the camera as it takes a picture? Yep. Mm-hmm. What's the what would you assume would be the main source of protein for a Sasquatch in the woods? Deer. What if they watch the deer and see it looking when they hear the click or they see the flash of the infrared light and they see that that deer is staring right at that camera? It's a good explanation. Maybe, maybe they don't understand that it's taking a picture, but they might understand it as being something not natural to their their world, their their, their surroundings. Yeah. And maybe right. that's maybe that's good enough reason to stay away from the front of it that has that little shiny spot on the front. Maybe, you know, don't ever go in front of the shiny spot. We don't know what it does, but it makes deer go, <laughs> you know. So <laughs> I mean, yeah. maybe it's a, something as simple as that. Could be. Could I be. I don't know. All I can tell you is I want to capture one. I want to see one <laughs> before I die. And time's I, running out, baby. I really I want to see it. I really want to see one, too. Um, my, I've said this before. My, my optimum uh, sighting would be in or at my car where there is a a laneway cut between two paths of uh, a path between a forest where the electrical lines are going through and mm-hmm. seeing it walk out of one part of the woods, walk across that laneway into the other part of the woods. And I would be about maybe about a hundred yards away because that would give me enough time to get my ass Turn in the car, car and get the hell out <laughs> before it was able to come and grab hold of me. Um, yep. I are a smart man. I do not I do not think I hope the people that say that these things are the the tree hugging um benevolent wonderful we want you guys to be healthy and we want you all to be one with the earth again like we all were hundreds of thousands of years ago um but there's too many stories about the rogue ones that uh, don't seem to be too too keen on being around us. So yeah, I you know if it's a friendly one and it wants to look over at me and go, "Hey, how you doing, man?" I'll be like, <laughs> "Hey, Bigfoot, what's up?" <laughs> still getting in the car, still taking off. But yeah, I'm glad to see you're friendly. Yeah, uh, snap, 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 video, video, and route. Yeah, um, yep. yeah, I, I, I would, I would, you know, I, I always said. You know, I was obsessed with UFOs by the time I was five. You know, that was 1970. Mm-hmm. And no streaming services, no 400 different documentaries on Prime, no no nothing, you know, no Three YouTube. Three channels, that was it. Three yeah. channels. That's um, it. You know, and like seven, eight, nine years old, Bigfoot, Loch Ness, Bermuda Triangle. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and I've always said, man, before I die... I would just, I just want to know about UFOs because I've never not believed. I've heard the arguments. I've heard, you know, it's Mm -hmm. ridiculous to think. I've always thought that UFOs were real. I've never once backed down on that. And then, you know, a few years ago, 
all this starts coming out and i'm like mm -hmm. not that i'm ready That's to right. die but at least now the admission is there um keep it coming keep it coming yeah mm -hmm. um i do have to say though that like my my construct has changed where i used to be fully convinced that they were coming from outer outer space from another planet another galaxy another somewhere i'm starting huh? to believe that they are much closer than mm -hmm. that um and if that's the case then what else that we hear about is is not necessarily from the same plane that they are but in the next plane on the other side of mm -hmm. us you know because right. i'm sure we're sandwiched in between two dimensions right so certainly when you talk about stranger things and the upside down is our upside down their right side up on either side of us so the way i see it there are easily 11 dimensions sandwiched on top of each other and we're in the third so let's say for example just just for argument's sake bigfoot comes from the fourth dimension okay there's an argument out there that aliens like you said don't come from outer space but actually come from a higher dimension uh right there's here. been a lot of uh yes and all all of that is here so if you you know i've been doing a lot of reading on this it's it really it's really interesting to me this is where i'm i've been you know coming up with these theories and whatnot but the science is there the higher the dimension you're able to reach the more ability those beings are able to do yeah they can go back and forth in time they can change their own timeline and and create others they can visit the other timelines that they created of themselves i mean we're talking really high we're talking eight nine right yeah ten by by 10 and 11 you're talking godlike abilities you can do almost anything so where are these aliens coming from right I mean, what what level are we are we talking about the fifth dimension or are we talking about the sixth i mean where are they coming from if they are coming from another dimension and it's very clear to me that something from a higher dimension is probably going to have better and higher and stronger and more intelligent technology oh absolutely obviously or, or, across a dimension or their technology is going to look completely different than what our technology if if this is our technology their technology would be something that we wouldn't even be able to recognize yeah exactly so yeah that uh the it's all here if you believe in heaven you believe in hell you believe in in these other uh you know areas they're here it's not going off in a distance somewhere yeah. it's all right here so uh it's it's very very interesting you can get lost thinking about this stuff i i often try to think about your human brain your brain and your mind those are two different things you know i kind of tend to think that the mind is outside or perhaps the soul or the spirit yeah is a part of the mind and because you know the brain is it, it's in here we know that we have a brain 
point me to where the mind is. You know, that's what right. I would like to see. So, I mean, that's a strong possibility that they may not even be alien to this realm. They may be from here. It's just all together. We just cannot see beyond right. the third dimension. We can't see it. It's all here. There's a dude right here. You can't see him because he's in a whole other dimension. Because our eyes only see in a frequency from here to here. And the right. frequency is from here to here. Same with our hearing. You know, we can't yeah. hear the things dogs hear. Yeah. We can't it's smell. Distant. We can't smell a drop of blood in the water uh, a mile away. But a right. shark can. Right. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's. It's mind-boggling. You go to the, you go to the theory that everything is connected. We are all connected in some way. Atoms that are in the air, we're connected mm -hmm. to that. I'm connected to you, from where you're at, right? In the world, we're all connected. Everything is pieced together by atoms and molecules, and so that's. I mean, we can get real deep here. You know what I'm saying? We can go <laughs> down yeah. the rabbit hole further yes. down if you wanted yes. to. It's just, it's lovely stuff. I love it. It is. It it certainly makes life more interesting when you start delving into these things. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I get that people have busy lives. I get that uh, they may be uh, burdened or bogged down by uh, the hand that they've been dealt in life, and you know, there's there's a number of things that uh, can can keep somebody somebody closed off from uh, being accepting of the types of things that we're talking about. Um, I've fortunately never had that, that door closed on me. And, you know, I, I've said this a million times. My parents certainly didn't encourage it. They weren't like some kind of new age parents that were like, Oh yeah, you know, you know, um, but they never, they never quelled that, uh, um, that that interest that I had in it, and they never they never made fun of me for it. They just kind of let me do my thing and try to figure it out for myself. And I think Good that that it, that is something that has made me uh, open and accepting of of a lot of experiences that I've had in my life. And where other people may have experienced the same thing that I did. And they were very quick to, oh, well, that must have just been the house settling, or it must have yeah. been the wind that closed the door, or, you know, it, mm -hmm. that wasn't really my dad I heard on the phone after, you know, nine months after he died. It was just right. the wrong number, and I was half asleep. Uh, you know, um, I don't know. All I know is that, and I've talked about this with other podcasters who, you know, are in the same genre. And, and the more that you look into the dark, the more you find things looking back at you. That's and, right. you know, it's a, it's a fine line of, are you going to invite that? Are you going to be, hey, arm's length is fine. Don't, <laughs> don't, no closer. Um, exactly. David, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, man. Thank you, Eric, for having me on. I appreciate it, sir. Had a ball. It's been a good talk. Glad we were finally able to, uh, glad I was finally able to get my head out of my butt and uh, <laughs> <laughs> reach out to you. And uh, 
You're doing it good happened work. in the time it was supposed to happen, sir. It did. It did. Thank you so much. You covered everything everybody needs to know about how to get a hold of you and where you were at while I was digging up this picture. Absolutely. Fantastic. All right, my friend. Until next time. All right, Eric. Thank you so much. Thank you. Good night. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.